In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. There will be signs that the end is near. Before today's Gospel text from St. Luke, Jesus describes even more disasters. War and famine, earthquake and pandemics, and as we have heard today, much fear and foreboding and panic. In other words, things in this world are going to look a lot like they do today. All around us are the signs that this world is coming to an end. Now, perhaps this makes you afraid. Maybe you wonder what new disaster might lie around the next corner, or what hardship could befall you in the next weeks or months. Who knows what difficulty may lie ahead for you. But our Lord Jesus did not give us this information to make us afraid. He intends to prepare us for what is coming and to give us comfort. He warns us of the coming disasters so that we would be ready for them. He warns us so that we would trust him. For you, dear Christian, live in this world, but you are not part of it. You live in this world. You make your home in it. And perhaps you have found your life, or found yourself content with the state of your life here. You have lived in relative peace and safety. And you have found comfort in your bit of prosperity in this life. Perhaps you have even found yourself loving this world and the treasure that it offers. Loving the comfort that today looks a lot like yesterday and tomorrow, well, it'll probably look a lot like today too. Loving the ability to be kept safe from whatever danger may lurk outside your door. But these times of peace and prosperity have a way of giving us false comfort. Because the peace of the world is a temporary peace, a facade of peace, a false peace. So Jesus would have us look around and see the disasters that come upon this world. And he wishes us to notice them, that they would wake us up from our spiritual slumber so that we would pay attention to his coming judgment. It's easy for the world to ignore Jesus. How many people do you know who live their life without him? How many speak against Jesus and misuse his name with no consequence? How many find joy in breaking our Lord's commandments? And yet, our Lord suffers all of this with patience. He does not wish to destroy the sinner, and so he puts off the coming disaster. Misusing the Lord's name today doesn't bring down fire from heaven upon you. Disregarding his word 
doesn't end your life immediately. Our Lord is patient. He wants the wicked to repent, to trust in him for salvation and live. But our Lord's patience will not last forever. For the Almighty Judge will one day appear before our eyes. All people will see him coming in power and great majesty. And as we sang, those who rejected Jesus will meet him with deep wailing. The distress of that day will be unmatched in history. But for you, dear Christian, Jesus has great comfort this day. He says, now when these things begin to take place, straighten up and raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. When the, world, when the evil of this world increases, do not despair, says Jesus. Rather, rejoice. Now, we do not rejoice in the destruction, but we rejoice because our redemption is coming. Your Jesus is at hand. He is coming to rescue you, to take you with him to live in his kingdom of everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness. Very, very soon, Jesus will fulfill every promise that he has made to you, and your faith shall be sight. So yes, the world is coming to an end. But you, dear Christian, are not friends with the world. You do not love the world's evil. You wish to be delivered from it. Jesus is warning us about the evils that will happen at the end of the world because he wants to spare us from loving the world and all that it has to offer. Lift up your head, dear Christian, and see the joys of heaven that await you. Jesus promises that he is coming very soon. Very soon you shall be with the one whom you love. So when you look around and you see the world coming to an end, do not despair. You are seeing the end of all that you have never loved. You are witnessing your Lord bringing an end to disease and to cancer, to heart disease and sorrow, pneumonia and dementia, and even death itself. You do not love the world. St. James writes, Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. And if you find yourself, if you find in yourself a love of the world, you, dear Christian, will pray to have that love of the world rooted out. And so Jesus is answering that prayer. He is showing you just how evil this world is so that you will not love it. And if you have loved the world too much, Jesus wants you to see where the world is going. So Jesus tells this parable. 
Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they come out in leaf, you see for yourselves and, already, and know that the summer is already near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. We all know this is true. When you see the buds and leaves appearing on the trees, you know that summer is coming. So in the same way, says Jesus, when you see the world falling into ruin, you may know for certain that the kingdom of God is near. The buds and flowers of a fruit tree mean that its fruit will soon follow. And just so, the world also produces its own fruit. You know the world's fruit. Perhaps you have even tasted it. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord and jealousy, fits of rage and selfish ambition, dissensions and factions and envy, drunkenness and anger and wrath. This fruit may at first appear pleasing to the eye and good for food, but you know all too well the pain that it causes. This is the fruit that the world puts forth, and this fruit can end only in one way. This kind of fruit leads to its own destruction. It leads to sorrow and to crying and to pain and ultimately to death. Whatever attractive-looking fruit the world may produce results only in disaster. The fruit of the world has only one purpose. It is grown in order to fall and spoil, and rot, and decay, and die. So dear Christian, do not desire to partake of the poison of the world's rotting fruit. Pray to be delivered from it, and the desire to love it. And raise your eyes to look toward the summer that Jesus promises. When all the clouds of our sadness and heartache will pass away, and we shall live in the brightness and glory of the eternal sun. It seems, though, when we look at this world, there is nothing as sure and certain as the heavens and the earth, and nothing disappears among us as quickly as speech. But Jesus says, truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all has taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. And hear what St. Peter writes. Scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing, following their own sinful desires. They will say, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. But to know this, by the same word the heavens and the earth were made, they, 
They are stored up for fire, being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. The day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. And so it is that everything in this world that looks the most secure and unchangeable, all these things are set for destruction. The heavens themselves will be burned up, and even the ground you stand upon will give way. But our Lord's speech, which today is easily ignored and set aside, his word will endure for all ages and into eternity. The word of the Lord endures forever. And so what does this word that endures say? Well, Jesus says that he has baptized you, that he has called you out of life with the world into new life with him, that he has put his name on you, and that where he is, there you shall be also. That word of promise will never pass away. But the world that you have never loved is passing away. So Jesus points you away from the dead and rotting fruit of the world to the life-giving fruit of his cross. Only the Lord knows what trial and distress may be coming. But you are in Jesus, and he will rescue you from it. So let us, as the writer to the Hebrews implores us, strive to enter that rest. But watch yourselves, says Jesus, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this life, and that day come upon you suddenly like a trap. For it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the whole earth. But stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. And so to be awake, as Jesus describes, is to be aware of your sins, to know that you have sinned against God's holy word and you deserve his wrath. To be awake is to know that without Jesus, you have no hope. But with Jesus, by faith in him, you know that he has suffered God's wrath for you. To be awake is to pray, to ask God for his help in all of your trials. Now, the trials that lie ahead are known only to our Lord. And so we prepare to meet him when he comes again. We, we sing strong hymns about death and dying, hymns that point us to our Lord's word, hymns that teach us to leave behind the world and all its evil, hymns that teach us to pray. What is the world to me with all its vaunted pleasure when you, and you alone, Lord Jesus, are my treasure? You only, dearest Lord, 
my soul's delight shall be. You are my peace, my rest. What is the world to me? The world seeks to be praised and honored by the mighty, yet never once reflects that they are frail and flighty. But what I truly prize above all things is he, my Jesus, he alone. What is the world to me? I walk with Jesus all the way. His guidance never fails me. Within his wounds I find a stay when Satan's power assails me. And by his footsteps led, my path I safely tread. No evil leads my soul astray. I walk with Jesus all the way. So lift up your heads, dear Christians. Your redemption is drawing nigh. Yes, look up and see your salvation before you. See the joy of heaven that awaits you. Or, as we say in our communion liturgy, lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. This is what Jesus would have us do. See all the trouble in the world and set your hearts upon him. Where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Our hearts are with the Lord. Even now, even today, we lift up our hearts and we look toward the day that is coming. And so now, today, as our Lord's body and blood are held up before us, we see the day that he has promised and we know that he is coming very soon. So let us ever keep that day before our eyes. Come soon, Lord Jesus. Amen. The peace of God keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.